Welcome to Wannabe Clutter Free, formerly Wannabe Minimalist, the podcast for busy families who are tired of the chaos, fed up with being overwhelmed, and ready to enjoy life again. Each week, we talk about how to let go of the clutter so that you can focus on the things that actually matter. And it's not just physical clutter. We talk about the mental and emotional stuff too, because if it's holding you back, it's time to ditch it. I share what I've done in my own life to declutter, organize, and calm the chaos, but you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's practical, doable, and simple for those of us that want to be clutter-free. This podcast is supported by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. We've been using Active Skin Repair for a few months now, and I am seriously impressed. They use a molecule called hypochlorous acid, which is pretty much a superhero in skincare. It mimics your body's own immune response, helping to cleanse, soothe, and reduce inflammation to support the natural healing process. And let me tell you, it works for more than just scraped knees. Whether it's sunburns, rashes, or even more persistent issues like eczema or acne, Active Skin Repair has got you covered. The best part? It's totally safe and non-toxic. That means it's gentle enough for every skin type, from the little ones to grandma and everyone in between, making it the go-to for everyone in the family. I scraped my knuckle the other day while doing laundry, and my first thought was to grab the Active Skin Repair because one, it doesn't sting like other products, and two, I knew it would help me heal faster. So if you're looking for a natural, effective way to handle boo-boos, check out Active Skin Repair. And because you're a listener, you can get 20% off your order. Visit ActiveSkinRepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and to get 20% off your order, use code CLUTTERFREE. Again, that's ActiveSkinRepair.com and use code CLUTTERFREE to get 20% off your order. You're listening to The Wannabe Minimalist Show with Deanna Yates, episode number 65. Today, we are starting a three-part series to examine the most common decluttering roadblocks, what you can do to overcome them, and how to create the right mindsets to help you on your journey. This episode, which is part one, will be focusing on the most common roadblocks people have when it comes to decluttering, so you can determine which one, or ones, are getting in the way of your progress to a more vibrant life with less stuff. Hey there, my wannabe minimalist friend. Welcome back to the show. My name is Deanna Yates, and I am thrilled you are joining me today. This episode is going to be just a little different for me, and I am super excited for it. This is the first in a three-part series, so make sure you come back over the next two weeks to catch the next installments. So what is this three-part series going to be all about? In a nutshell, we will be working with mindsets, and I have found that the mindsets we keep are the number one factor in determining how we live our lives. Part one, we'll be looking at the most common roadblocks when it comes to decluttering, organizing, keeping a tidy home, and embracing minimalism. Part two, we'll discuss how to get over these common roadblocks. And then part three will be all about creating better mindsets so we can move forward into the vibrant life we want to live and of course, get the tidy home we crave while putting the systems we need in place so that it can all get done more seamlessly. Before we jump in though, I want to let you know that you can find all of the show notes for today and links to anything I mention at littlegreenbow.com slash 65. Again, that's littlegreenbow.com forward slash the number 65. And I also want to let you know that this three-part series is brought to you by my upcoming decluttering challenge. It's completely free. It's the Avalanche Declutter Challenge. And over the course of 30 days, 
we will be decluttering over 450 items from your home. I ran this challenge back in June and it was so amazing and many of you asked if I would run it again, so here it is. If you're looking to declutter and organize your home, maybe your kids are back in school and now you have time to devote to yourself and your home again, or you want to get a jump start on getting ready for the holidays, yes, crazily enough, they're not that far off, or you just need some accountability to make the changes you want to see in your home, then I hope you will join us. The Avalanche Declutter Challenge will be starting on Tuesday, September 7th. That is the day after Labor Day, so you have a little time to prepare. I'll have the details for the challenge on my website and in the show notes, so head on over to littlegreenbow.com forward slash 65 for more details. It made a huge difference in my home, and I know it can work, work wonders in yours as well. All right, let's get to the most common decluttering roadblocks so that we know what we're working with. I see these over and over and honestly struggled with several of these myself. And dealing with these roadblocks now will help you with your decluttering efforts later if you join us in the Avalanche Declutter Challenge or if you declutter on your own. Either way, shedding light on these is the first step in overcoming them. But that's what we'll discuss deeper in part two of this mini-series. So first up is one of the biggest roadblocks I hear about in the wannabe minimalist family community. It is that decluttering is too difficult or too overwhelming, so you procrastinate. This one is a doozy, and I know how it feels because I have been there too. This roadblock appears when your systems are off and you don't have a way to keep up on top of all the stuff that's coming into your home or the things that need to be done in your home. Look, adulting is hard. It sadly took me way too long to come to terms with this fact that as an adult and a mom, wife, business owner, daughter, sister, friend, go ahead and insert all of the hats that you wear here too, there are very few breaks that are built into our lives. There will always be something else to do, chores to keep up on, food to make, things to schedule, laundry to do, all of those things. But burying our heads in the sand and not dealing with the things is not a long-term solution. It might be preferable this instant, but it will not feel that great tomorrow or the next day. And when we procrastinate, we often make the tasks that we need to do bigger in our head. They become this big, scary thing to deal with, and so we resist even more. If this roadblock is one that you struggle with, take some deep breaths and tell yourself that you are an adult who is fully capable of tackling the issue in front of you. Remind yourself that the problem did not just appear overnight and make up your mind that you will be able to overcome it. The second roadblock that I hear about all the time has to do with feeling like you are in this all by yourself. Most of you listening are moms or parents because I'm a mom and a wife, so my experience and advice comes from that place. I cannot tell you how many times I've heard the phrase, my partner is not on board, or my kids would freak out if the toys were gone, or I'm in this all alone. It's common to want people with you on your journey of change. You want to be able to commiserate with others when things are tough, celebrate the wins, and feel like you're on a team. But when you are the first one in your family to stumble upon minimalism, simple living, or intentional living, it can be lonely. One of the ways people cope with this loneliness is to blame others and want to fix them and deal with their stuff instead of looking inward. Looking inward is hard. Decluttering is hard. Doing something outside your comfort zone, it's hard. 
Anyone who tells you that this work is easy is lying or has forgotten about their own struggles now that they are through that messy middle part. But we are only able to change ourselves. When we work on our own mindsets, our own clutter, and our own habits, they will spill over into our families. One, because we often run our homes, and two, because when we feel good about ourselves, it becomes contagious, and others want in on it too. You also have to put your money where your mouth is, so to speak. That is to say that you have to prove that you are in this for the long haul so that your family understands that this is not a new fad that will fade away. And the best way to do that is by starting with yourself and your stuff. Another biggie when it comes to roadblocks is sentimental clutter. The problem with sentimental items is that we feel our memories and our love are connected to these things. But let me ask you, if you decluttered a sentimental item from when you were a child, does that mean you're throwing away your childhood? What about the memory of your childhood? Of course not. That's because your memory lives in you, not in that item. The item is just a thing that sparked your memory. We'll get to ways to honor sentimental clutter and tackle it next week, but for now, know that we do not need to hold on to things to keep the memory that is associated with that thing alive. And one of the saddest things I see is when sentimental clutter is relegated to a box to live out eternity surrounded by dust bunnies because we don't know what else to do with it and we feel guilty letting it go. Do you think that's what your favorite aunt or your great grandmother would have wanted you to feel about something that they owned a long time ago? I feel like they would want us to be happy over keeping something just because we feel like we must. The fourth common roadblock to decluttering I see is that our stuff gives us the illusion of security. It can also be called the joy of plenty, and I know that those two don't seem like they really go together, but we think of stuff making us feel safe, secure, or happy, and so we don't want to let it go, and that's why those two can become the same roadblock. So if this one is not resonating with you, I want you to look to your kids. Children often like having things, even if they do not play with them, because it gives them a feeling of superiority. They are not in charge over most parts of their lives, but they can be in charge of their toys. And if they let those toys go, well, then they feel like they're giving up control or that feeling of being in charge of something. Another way you can see this playing out in everyday life is when someone owns something expensive. Owning something that is valuable or worth a lot of money can be significant for some people. However, the reality is that if you own something that's expensive, but you're too afraid to use it, well, you know, maybe you don't want to damage it or waste it, or you're waiting for the right opportunity, chances are that thing holds a lot of control over you instead of you controlling that thing. Instead of feeling secure because you have that thing, you end up feeling afraid that something will happen to it. Instead of feeling happy that you have it and you get to use it, you feel paranoid that it will go away. And so it goes to waste just sitting in a corner or a closet or a box because it's too special. One final thing I want to say about this illusion of having stuff and it giving you security is that it can actually hold you back from doing really amazing things. You can't take an amazing job opportunity because it would require a move and there's too much stuff so it's not practical. Or you want to have more friends but you're too embarrassed to invite anyone over, you know, anybody new into your life or over to your house because of what your home looks like. 
The point for part one of this series is to notice that this mindset is appearing for you so that we can work on it next week. So if this one hit a chord, just know that we will touch on this next week. And I really hope you join me and come back for the solutions and ways to get over these roadblocks. You know how life doesn't stick to a schedule? Well, why should your paycheck? That's where Earn In comes in. It's an app that lets you access the money you've earned right when you need it, not just on payday. Imagine this, your dog suddenly needs a vet or your kid has a little accident and needs a dentist, ASAP. We've been there and waiting for your payday in those situations just doesn't make sense and it adds unnecessary stress. With Earn In, you can pull up to $100 per day or up to $750 each pay period directly from your earnings without the crazy fees or interest rates. It's super simple. Download the Earn In app, verify your paycheck, and get access to your earnings as you earn them. You decide what to tip, and whatever you use gets settled on your next payday. More than 3.5 million users are finding relief and a sense of security with Earn In, calling it a lifeline for financial stability. That peace of mind, it's priceless, and it could be yours. Ready to give it a try? Download Earn In today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earn In app, type in Clutter under Podcast when you sign up. It'll really help out the show. That's Clutter under Podcast. Earn In is a financial technology company, not a bank. Subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank & Trust, member FDIC. Oh, hey, everybody. It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory, two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings, who sometimes feel stuck. And now we're back with a whole new podcast about unsticking it, launching in January. What happens when life gets in the way of our creativity instead of nourishing it? We talk to all sorts of guests about how to break through the mucky, gluey, sticky, wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. So join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Get out of there, life gunk. Let us help you get back to your best creative self. Look for Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Wherever you listen to podcasts starting in January, Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Because sometimes life sucks. Unsticking it. Another common roadblock I hear about is the fear of waste. So episode 64, that was just the last one, was all about how to declutter without being wasteful. So if this one's a big one for you, go ahead and check out that episode when you're finished listening to this one. I'll have a link in the show notes that you can find it easily, and it'll give you some solutions to work on it. Because I just covered the topic in depth, I don't want to rehash it all here, but I will talk about the most common fear or roadblock when we talk about waste. And that is that we wasted so much money buying all of the stuff that's filling up our homes and that we're now looking to declutter. Letting go of stuff without recouping some of that money, either through selling it or crossing your fingers and hoping it will appreciate, is a major hurdle to step over. But the money was spent when you purchased it. You wanted it at the time, and for whatever reason, you are now ready to part with it. The fact that the money is gone is something we cannot change. Guilt does nothing to help us or propel us forward. Guilt holds us back. Of course, it stings when we realize how much money we may have wasted on something, but 
we need to go ahead and move past that because when this is the case, the best thing you can do is to learn from that purchase. Think about why you purchased it and why you no longer want it. If you can learn the lesson from it, then the money wasn't wasted on that thing. It was spent on your education. We will talk a lot about moving past this roadblock next week, but know that it really is a common one and that a lot of people struggle with this one, so you are definitely not alone. And since we're talking about money, let's look at another roadblock that deals with expensive things. And that is this idea that something is too good to donate. Wait, what? Think about that for a minute. The purpose of donating something is to help another person or a charity. If this is the real reason why you are donating something, then there should be nothing that is too good. You want the charity to do well so that it can help more people. And you want the person receiving the goods to get items that are in good condition so that they feel good about them too. However, if you are using the guise of donating purely for the selfish purpose of clearing out your clutter and having a place to put all of your discarded treasures so that you no longer have to deal with them, well, then you're just passing the buck. You're making someone else deal with throwing away your things, and you're not really helping out that charity or the person receiving or purchasing the goods on the other end. The donation should be for the receiving party, not so that you feel better about your stuff not ending up in the landfill, because sadly, the odds are that most of it will end up there eventually. The next common roadblock is the fear of lost future opportunity, otherwise known as just-in-case clutter. This is another topic I covered in length on episode 59, so be sure to check out that one as well. Just-in-case clutter is tricky because the item we have is useful. It has a purpose, and we may even have dreams of using it one day. But for one reason or another, you're not using it right Now, the truth is that our past behavior is very indicative of our future behavior. If we have not used something in the past month, we probably won't use it in the next month. The same can be said for other time periods, like over the past year for seasonal items. If you didn't use that thing last summer or winter, it's not likely that you'll use it this summer or winter. Unless you plan to make major life changes, you know, things like move to a different house, take up a new or old hobby, change careers, start a family, all of those kinds of major life changes, well, then this just-in-case clutter will likely never see the light of day. And even if you're planning to make any of these major life changes, it's best to decide if that just-in-case item would be indispensable to that life change or if you'd get on okay without it. Another difficult roadblock to decluttering is the thought that you have room in your house for it, so why not keep it? This roadblock is tricky because it sneaks up on you, and I found myself battling this roadblock during the Avalanche Declutter Challenge back in June that I just completed. It can be so easy to hang on to things that no longer add value to our lives, simply because they're out of sight. Things end up in a closet, at the back of a drawer, and shoved under the bed. It's out of sight, out of mind, right? Well, not exactly. When every space is filled up, we feel overwhelmed. There is no place to put anything new. Heaven forbid there be a family emergency, unexpected move, or a death in the family that causes all of this stuff to come to the surface rather quickly. Leaving spaces empty allows air to flow through our homes. It makes cleaning easier. It makes it easier to find what we need when we need it. It makes it easier for us to be more flexible should an emergency strike. 
it creates calm in our minds, our bodies, and our homes. So just because you have space in a closet does not mean that you have space in your life for that item. And the final roadblock I want to bring to light is the need for perfection. I have heard people tell me they want to declutter, but the time is not right. Or they want to do it, but they want to do their whole house at once. There is this sense that there is only one way to declutter and everything has to be lined up perfectly in order to get it right. But as with anything in life, there is no one way to do it. Decluttering is not something that you do one time, but rather a skill that you constantly hone. Your circumstances will change, which means some objects will cease to provide value to your life. And in that case, you reassess. When my daughter was a baby, I had a whole slew of things. A car seat, a stroller, a boba carrier, a breast pump. Gosh, after making this list, I'm actually super happy that I don't have some of those things in my life anymore. But now that she's in school, there are different things that we need. And when she becomes a teenager, her needs will change again. And that is the reality of life. My minimalist mindset didn't change, nor did my ability to declutter or the fact that I want to live simply and intentionally, but my circumstances did. The things I needed in my life changed. So remember, anytime you start something new or try a different approach, there will be a learning curve. Babies do not walk right away, and we don't look down on them when they learn to roll over and then scoot and then crawl, then take their first steps with assistance before finally walking on their own. No, we cherish each of those steps. We take tons of pictures and we praise them and we encourage them along the way. And we need to do that for ourselves. We should not get down on ourselves for having to learn a new skill like decluttering or organizing. Instead, we need to realize that we get better with, at these skills when we practice them over and over, just like your babies did when they learned to walk. And so that wraps up the most common roadblocks to decluttering. Whether you struggle with one or most of these, the good news is that we can make a change for the better so that we can clear the clutter from our homes, free up our minds, and live the vibrant lives we want to be living each and every day. I'm not going to lie, it's kind of hard for me to leave this as a part one because I hate putting all this you know, kind of a negative sense out there without giving you the good or the ideas that you can change these, but we're going to get into that next week and I didn't want this to become too long. So I do hope that you liked today's episode and I hope that you will join me again here next week because I want to help you overcome these roadblocks, not just tell you what's standing in your way. And if you'd like to continue the conversation this week, I do invite you to come on over and share in the Wannabe Minimalist Family Community on Facebook. That group is completely free and it's becoming an amazing community of like-minded people. It's a great place to ask any questions you might have about decluttering, organizing, or simplifying from others who have been there before or that are on a similar journey in a similar place and have found a solution that might be just perfect for you. You are not alone and we are here to help. So introduce yourself, share your thoughts, and let us know if there's something that we can help you with. 
Plus, I'd love to know what you thought of today's episode. If you're brave enough, let me know which roadblock is the biggest struggle for you. I promise that you are not alone. I know I've said that a few times, but I want you to know that others are struggling with this too. And by talking about it, we can move forward. So you can mention it in the Wannabe Minimalist family group, or you can tag me on Instagram. I'm little.green.bow, or you can use the hashtag wannabeminimalistfamily. I'm excited to hear from you and offer encouragement on your journey toward less stuff, more happiness, and a vibrant life that you and your family deserve. And don't forget to pick up all of the show notes for today at littlegreenbow.com 65. I will have links to the other episodes that I talked about that dive deeper on a few of these roadblocks so that you can go ahead and be sure to um, you know find those solutions right now if you need them right now. And you can also sign up to be part of the Avalanche Declutter challenge that will be starting on September 7th. You can do all of that on the website at littlegreenbow.com forward slash the number 65. That just about wraps it up for today's episode. But before I go, I just want to take a minute to thank you for listening to this show. I appreciate that you choose to spend some of your time with me, and I hope the information that I provide is helpful, inspiring, encouraging, and helps you get through your day. And if you enjoyed today's episode and have not done so already, please subscribe to be notified of new episodes wherever you prefer to listen to podcasts. Also, leave a review so more people can find us and discover the benefits of a minimalist, intentional, or simplified lifestyle for themselves and their families. That's it. I'll catch you here next week for part two in overcoming these common decluttering roadblocks. Cheers. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy.